Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. At long last, week one is here. We are handy here to handicap every single game. Uh, we're not going to have bets on a lot of these games. In fact, uh, I've kind of, uh, you know, I, in years past, I've had to really pare down my card to get to a handful of plays I like for week one. Um, and this week, I, this year was a little different. To, you know, I feel a little, you know, a little gun shy about getting super involved this time of year. Andy, uh, you know, what are what are some good general thoughts, guidelines? What should I be thinking about as I head into week one here as far as, you know, getting involved in this betting market? It's a different week, but it's not. Like you, you can point to the, uh, you can point to the fact that lines have been up forever, in a day. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, limit limits haven't. Limits haven't. I mean, it, it is. It's different in that sense that people have been able to look at these numbers forever. But I, I don't know. Like when, and maybe I'm wrong. Can, when, when is the soonest you could you could move fifty grand on a line, <sighs> on a side. It's a good question, man. I mean, I'm pretty haven't... sure. I'm pretty sure it's been a couple weeks. Yeah. So I mean, th- those numbers didn't get really moved a bunch. I mean, some of it got moved. People that like to hit the hit the openers, some of that CG stuff right away for whatever they can get down, whether it's a nickel or a little more, maybe at some places once they start opening. And I feel like a lot of the offshores probably let you rebet once it moves. So people have been shaping these lines, but at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of people who do not get involved in the markets too early as they wait for preseason to play out. You don't want to be the guy that uh, thought there was a bunch of really shitty Colts lines and played a bunch of preseason <laughs> look aheads for max. You know, even if it's a bunch of yeah. 250 maxes and yeah. you're, you're sitting on Colts minus three and it's, it's a flip favorite at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is a little goofy, and and then for me too, I just uh, I don't like to get too crazy in week one. There's always a few spots where I feel like there's some value, but there's there's games that I cross off every week, and week one is easily the week where I cross things off. Not only the most games, but the fastest. Yeah, just immediately cross things off. I'll get to that as we go through the through the slate. There's tons that I just I have so many questions and so much uncertainty where I need to see things play out for at least a week, if not two or three, before I start getting involved with teams. But I don't like to take general, too hard of a stand on things that I really don't understand. Yeah, so that's, that's that's my general. Take. That's your general framework for crossing off is basically uncertainty. You're you're look you're identifying high uncertainty games and staying away. Yeah, uncertainty in my mind, I guess. You yeah. know, one man's uncertainty might be another man's treasure trove. <laughs> everybody, everybody, oh, just I mean, just from how much how much NFL reading have you been doing? You know, not and I don't mean like articles or thing. I mean just blurbs and tweets and podcasts and scopes and you know, well, plenty anything. Of, yeah, pl- listening, plenty of those. Yeah. Yeah, listening to all, all the different ways that uh, different people attack things. Yeah, it's been a while the NFL since is a, I was it's like a, tricky a big beast. reader, but yeah, yeah, I have you know my my Twitter's broken my brain and I can't do a, a ton of reading anymore. But uh, I'm being a little sarcastic here. But you know, I, I agree. I get what you're saying. Like, uh, and and you know, I guess the only thing I can add really is that like you do have to. I feel like you have to make a concerted effort week one to divorce how you feel about a team's season long prospects 
from how you're betting a week one matchup. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, and I like how you said that. I think that's something you can apply to the whole season, but especially week one. You really need to temper things. It is a short season. Every game is super important. I mean, maybe maybe only college football being being more relevant as far as there's only so many games and you have so many chances to win and make your way into the playoffs. But the NFL, even though it's only 16 games, it is just still the first week. There's a ton of teams that lose week one and still go on to have a very nice season. You know, and it's like I this was a total wild shot in the dark. It was a joke and it was really funny that it came through. We said this on the podcast last year. Said some stupid team always always does something just way off off kilter, where everybody's fading a team, the market's driving it one way, a team gets favored by over a touchdown, maybe more, and they end up losing outright. And we joked about it. I'm like, it'll be it'll be like Tampa Bay, Fitzmagic beats uh, beats the Saints, and they won. They were up by like two touchdowns late. They won that game big. Made yeah. it look like uh, I was really good at guessing. Yeah, that shit no, is going to happen. And, there's going to be Andy there's going to be a game or two that is just wild. Yeah, there's going to be some, and maybe even just a first half that's just way off kilter. Like it is, it's super hard to predict what uh, what sort of fuckery we'll have in week one, and that is that's another reason why I try to take it a little easier. I I tend to agree with you. Like it is a little bit of a fool's errand to try to use your crystal ball to say this is the game that'll have the fuckery right <laughs> like it's a little it's a little um it's you know it's a little bit uh foolish that said i'm looking at my card and i got a whole bunch of dogs um but yeah i mean i think uh you know at least i sit back and i try to figure out well why am i favoring or you know why do i see value in all these dogs this weekend and i think like just generally like we don't know enough about these teams these teams are all relatively full strength short of you know, a couple of key injuries that are well-known, short of a couple suspensions that are well-known. Uh, I just feel like uh, there's not a lot of distance between a ton of these teams yet. You know, it's not like we're you're looking at a ton of matchups where the backup quarterback has been thrown into the mix and there's had a week to prepare. You know, like like this is just, it's, it's a, it's, there's, you know, I look at some of these games and I just don't understand, like, you know, like how do we know that Team A is, you know, nine points better than team B. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's tough for me to swallow and, you know, it's tough for me to support it from a, from a, uh, you know, modeling standpoint as well. So I don't know. I think, I think this is the, you know, I, I think in general, um, you know, the market is high on some teams and low on some teams and there's, you know, there's potentially a little bit of fat built into some of these lines because people are thinking like, Oh, I hate this team this year. They're going to be terrible. Therefore I'm betting against them week one, even though, you know, Hey, they, you know, they lined it knowing exactly how strong or how good or how bad this team was. So there's not, you know, there's not necessarily a good reason to do that, but anyway, we'll get into that specifically with a couple of these. Yeah. I think the listeners are smart enough where we don't have to say that, but I mean, the NFL for the most part is a, is a handicap sport. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's a spread. It's a, it's a spread betting sport. And, you know, granted we do get a lot into the totals and a lot of people are very good at totals yourself included. I see you excelling at totals every year I've known you, but uh, for the most part, people do tend to bet on the, uh, on the spread, you know, a really, really bad team can be a a 500 or better against a spread team. They can, they can be really shitty all season long. So don't let that, uh, don't let that shade your, shade your opinion too much yeah yeah and i think okay so let me ask you like, right there. right into 
right into the first game, I think you can carry some of this. And I, I want your honest opinion of this. Like, clearly the market has warmed significantly to the Packers. And, I mean, it's kind of been a lot of, you know, love for Aaron Rodgers. He's, you know, he's kind of said and done all the right things this, this off, you know, the offseason, preseason cycle. Um, they've invested in some of the weaknesses, you know, through the draft. And so people are kind of have bought into this team. But, like, is there any semblance? Do you get any sense that they have kind of the market has moved this number on the basis of kind of just being high on the Packers this year and being, you know, trying to get ahead of the regression is coming for the Bears this year? Because, you know, this, this opened at, like, five, like, back in May. And it's been bet down to three. Uh, and yeah. honestly, like is this thing, this thing is threatening to close inside three. Uh, if I have to, you know, if I, if, if I had to guess, I'm, I'm guessing that once this goes off tomorrow afternoon, it's going to be, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to be, um, you know, you're going to be laying the juice to, to, to take the three points here. You know, it, this, does this, does this add up to you or is this the right move? I mean, it adds up as far as the market sentiment. Sure. But um, do you agree? With, I and mean, it, like, and it just, like, like, is this is this a, is this specifically a, we feel good about this team this year overreaction, or is there more to it? I feel like I feel like overreaction is strong, like maybe too strong of a word. I feel like it's a reaction without maybe seeing you know much for facts. I don't really put much weight into how the preseason looks. It's really hard to base anything off that. It's even harder to base it off quotes from you know the beat reporters that love their team and write for their write for their local newspaper and watch them in practice. So, I I think it's a it's a react it's a strong reaction, not an overreaction. And I think I, I mean I, I get the move. I understand where it's going, and I just it's one of the teams where I just don't I don't uh, have enough information. As far as just you know, what what's to say this Lafleur Rogers thing is is going to work? The Bears regression, like the, these two teams have been, I mean, bandied around all summer. As far as just the the high narratives, the things that people write about when there's nothing left to write about. I mean, how much have you had to hear about the Lafleur Rogers relationship? Too and, much. <laughs> uh, yeah, too too much. Yeah, and that's where I don't even want to get into it. And that and that's one of the things that's holding me back from even getting involved Thursday, spoiler alert, I have no bet on this game. It's, Same. it's, it's really, 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 and maybe that's something we can do when we're completely skipping games this year. It point to something that you should be looking for to learn about this team, especially early on. Like th- this goes for everything, but I mean, really start to look early, early down play calling from Lafleur and watching if Rogers is checking out of it a lot. Uh, I really, really like wonder how this is going to go. Point. I like that I point. I really – and and granted, you know, the a lot of the points being made, uh, our friend uh, Mr. Chernoff made some really good points in his love for the Packers. But all the speed, all the youth, all the nice pieces they picked up on defense, and they certainly did. And that, that's another good point, too. This could be a – if the Packers' defense comes together quickly, it looks all right, and the Bears – are the Bears? This could be kind of a boring, awful Thursday night game. We it might get, uh, yeah. we might it get, uh, you go right, right from the Super Bowl, and then the next game is, you know, fifteen and eight Bears. It could <laughs> be a really, which maybe a first half under is the worst look, but I yeah, that's what I'll be watching too. for. No yeah. bad for me. I really, I really want to see uh, 
I really want to see what the what the Green Bay play calling looks like, what the, yep. the Rodgers audibling looks like, okay. especially well, on early downs. And then, you know, as far as the Bears' regression, you can't see a regression in one game. That's going to be kind of an ongoing thing. It'll be just kind of interesting to see what their play calling does to uh, uh, really good early scripted plays from them. So for them, I'm going to be watching later on in the second quarter and maybe the, the even-numbered quarters, see how the offense is looking without the scripting. I would actually go so far as to say the scripting part is more important. Like, I, honestly, like we need to know if Nagy has confidence in Trubisky, you know, attacking, no, that's good attacking this defense, right? Like if he's scripted like a relatively conservative opening, you know, opening salvo here, like that's a, that's a sign that I'm, 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 I'm looking out for that one. Um, but, and, you know, I mean, so, you know, same thing with the bears defense, like, you know, like there's a lot of people we know who are very smart, uh, capable handicappers who are like, the loss of Fangio is being underappreciated by the uh, by the markets at large, and you know it's 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 going to be fascinating to see how they because uh, because guess what this Bears defense played Rodgers and played Green Bay extremely effectively last year, extremely effectively. They know Rodgers very well, but you know, Rodgers has played how many games against the Bears defense? You know, like at this point, and a lot of these same players, and you know, and and a lot of this you know kind of. Uh, uh, same bear mentality, I feel like, kind of goes back to even even older than you know the, the current uh, um, you know current leaders on this defense. But you know the, the the Bears clearly they do have on paper. I feel like an extremely talented defense still, even despite losing some pieces. Um, I agree with you that the the Packers defense probably takes a step forward this season in general and and should be able to compete well with this Bears offense the way that they're rostered. So. Yeah, I, I feel you. The first half under seems like a decent look here. Um, you know, I'm I'm projecting 24-21 Bears, so three points to me is you know a completely reasonable place to land here as far as a closing yeah. spread. Um, and I kind of, I mean, there's always freaking chaos in these first games of the season, just because the mark because so Ooh, many people get yeah, involved. Got so many people, like you, just kind of know that this thing crosses three and it lands on three, right? I mean, like the books getting middled is very, very much in play for this first game. That would be that would be outstanding. Go us, <laughs> right you away. know what's happening, right? Uh, it's funny. Somebody asked me too, like, oh, in a completely unrelated post, they say, "What's the what's the play for the Thursday night game?" I said, "To take some ten dollar bills and grab some first touchdown score props and have some fun." Like, oh, just what do you like? You don't have, don't have to. Yeah, I don't know yet. I I haven't seen numbers. I haven't looked. Yet. I oh. I don't even know if they're up yet. So I'm gonna oh. look at that. I'll I'll post some. And you know, there's a few guys on Twitter that do that better than I ever could. They actually hit yeah. those once in a while. So Montgomery, keep an eye for some of those. Bears that might be the fun way Montgomery. to go. The Bears running back Montgomery. I, I just, I love the way Nagy scripts go. Honestly, I love them. Uh, yeah. You know, this guy, he knows, he knows exactly the right way to attack different defenses. And there's nothing, there's nothing about this defensive scheme that the Packers are running out there that I feel like Nagy can't have, you know, kind of the right, you know, right, off the off the top, way you know, way to attack them. Um, so I would guess that the Bears likely score on their first drive, whether it's a touchdown or not. It kind of depends on whether how, how much they're willing to put in, in you know Mitch's hands. But um, Montgomery, that guy's got a lot of buzz. A lot of people in Chicago are really fired up about that kid. So uh, he's my favorite look on first touchdown scored. No other real serious looks or leans in this one. I think uh, the Bears pull out a victory, but it's probably nope. pretty competitive and it's probably pretty boring. And we'll come up with the second half first. You know what? The, right? Yeah, I was just going to say we might have a second half play, though. That might be a thing. We will definitely be periscoping 
Well, by the time you listen to this, it'll be tonight at halftime, live from I don't even know. I might go. I might go somewhere and watch it. I'm just so excited. I yes. still do need to get some sleep, get to bed at a decent time, though. We gotta fly out in the morning. That's right. So Vegas okay, so Friday. That's, that's a good Let's wrap go. on. That's a good wrap on Thursday. This is a good good segue then into okay. We'll be we'll be hanging out together in Las Vegas for week one of the NFL. Um, we've been invited out to you know, be part of this launch party that uh, BetSperts is putting on uh, with a lot of our kind of, uh, you know, group of friends who we chat handicapping with 24 hours a day. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. You know, there's a lot of fun people that I'm really looking forward to spending time and hanging out with in Vegas. And thank you to BetSperts for putting this on for us. And actually, what's funny enough, I'm not going to post my official card with all of my um, sides and prices and all that until like Thursday, middle of the day or so. Uh, and if you're listening to this now, but you want to know what I have already played, um, available on the BetSports app. All of my plays are in there. They've been up for about 24 hours. So if you were ahead of the curve getting into the BetSports uh, swing of things, you already know everything I'm about to say on this podcast as far as what I think had the valuable sides and totals are. Um, so, uh, yep, just that's... turn the volume down and play it to the end, though, and then play it one more time. It does help the listener count. That's a good point. Um, Yeah, same, same. I got my bets on the app. Anything I've put in, I've only got two or three in as of right now. I'm not even sure if I entered the third yet. That number's sitting pretty flush as we go. But, uh, yeah, on to Sunday where we'll be watching watching from the Superbook. That's right. Sunday's games, this slate of games, I have to say, is pretty damn good. Um, They have given us a treat uh for this opening weekend of football i feel like um and granted they didn't have to do this i feel like a lot of years week one there's a handful of stinkers but we're like ah whatever i'm so excited for football to be back i'm gonna i'm gonna watch all these anyway but you know sincerely like there are some really really good games here and we'll kick off with the early slate uh number 453 and the vegas rotation number none other than matt ryan and the atlanta falcons Heading up to Minnesota to take on Kirk Cousins in that fast-ass dome. Kirk Cousins and Minnesota open up this game as four-and-a-half-point favorites. It's drifted all the way down to minus three-and-a-half here. And I think there are two things that are really driving this action in favor of the in favor of the uh, Falcons. Number one... Um, all of the comments that we've heard from Zimmer in the past week have been bad. Number two, uh, Stefan Diggs <laughs> popped on that injury report, which is also not good. Um, do you have any kind of a sense of the temperature of things in Minnesota for this game? And do you agree with those two statements? Oh, the temperature around here is that fikes by 500. Kirk Cousins starts his MVP run. I mean, it's, it's rah-rah excitement up here, but this should be a good game um this is one we both got involved with i don't know what you grabbed i grabbed a 47 and a half on the over ah i'm very bullish i mean we we were i mean we were both bullish on both of these teams and i mean not only for you know the vikings defense is still pretty good but i'm very bullish on on the falcons offense I'm excited about the uh, the Vikings offense as well with the receivers. I'm not super excited about the injury news on either side. I guess I kind of I assumed the uh, you know the Julio Diggs thing would just kind of work itself out. We'll see. Maybe it won't matter either way. There's still some nice pieces. Um, I did like you know just kind of completely off 
I didn't mind the Josh Doxson signing. That's a nice low-risk play for the Vikings because their third receiver was – I mean, that was kind of a kind of an empty spot, a bit of an empty cupboard there on the, on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm excited for two new offensive coordinators on a fast turf indoors with some decent quarterbacks and a lot of points. I think yeah, seven touchdowns yeah. is where it should have been lined. I think 49, 49 and a half where this should be. I gladly take that 47 and a half. It's at this feels like a, shops, but this feels like a feels playoff. Good. This feels like a playoff matchup that we might see come January. Um, I'm excited for this one, and I think the Falcons are alive. To be honest with you, um, because they're going to challenge these Vikings through the air. This fast turf, this indoor setting, this you know controlled environment. This is really sets up well, I think, for. Um, what looks to be kind of coming into a healthy slate of, you know, of weapons in the passing game for Matt Ryan. Um, you know, they, clearly the the defensive, I'm sorry, the offensive line for the uh, Falcons is going to be tested here. Um, they've invested a ton mm-hmm. in this, though. Like, these are all first-round picks. These are all talented people talented players um and you know we did not see anything positive out of this unit in the preseason which is unfortunate but uh i think that the talent will still prevail give brian time to make precision passes which will force uh, cousin's hand force them to throw i don't think that you can sit back if you're minnesota and expect to win this game with defensive running i think you're gonna have to attack these guys through the air and i think that the falcons are still susceptible through the air we haven't seen much out of their crew uh, in terms of developing up the, the you know the, the the nickel and dime cornerbacks, the second you know the second tier cover passers, like they still look horrifically poor uh, for the Falcons. So they're going to give up points, and I, I'm with you. This is an overlook. I gra- I grabbed an early uh, 47 here at minus 105. This looks like it's going to be my first CLV win of the season, unless Diggs actually does get scratched, which would absolutely suck. Um, so far. I don't have anything else I'm looking likely to capture any closing line value on, but that's okay. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this gets up into the 40, 48, 48 and a half range uh, by close. And, you know, kind of people catch on to the fact that this is going to be, uh, you know, a pretty high intensity passing environment, passing game. And, um, you know, we're going to test the uh, test the, the Vikings secondary here. Do you think uh, potential for some turnovers yeah, and some big... defensive scores? Oh, those are super hard to predict, Whale. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if you can put me on the spot like that. That's tricky. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, cousins, cousins against good teams sometimes struggles, especially with some turnovers. I'm I'm more looking at uh, second and third corners. You know, these are these are two two teams that have very good second receivers, and maybe don't have the greatest second uh, corners. I don't know. I I just I watch a ton of Vikings games. Obviously, I'm not sold on like Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes. Obviously, Xavier Rhodes, very good, very good cornerback. But uh, on the other side of the ball too, like I, I'm not even really sure who the slot corner is. I guess I didn't watch enough Falcons games to know much about this Kazee guy. And granted, maybe I just because I checked out on Atlanta last year after everybody got injured and it sucked to even try to try to figure them out so i think yeah the secondary receivers the ridleys i don't know who you'd even put as a secondary if if Diggs and thielen both play and they're both yeah. so good one and one a but uh you know it's hard to cover two guys with uh, as much talent as jones ridley and Diggs thielen so i think we'll see we'll see some nice uh some nice passing yardage if if the teams decide they're not going to sit there and try to 
establish the run against one another. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm hoping to see quite a bit of fireworks out of uh, out of my boy Matt Ryan. Yeah, and I mean honestly, like the other the other thing that plays into it over here, in my opinion, is that either team is going to have the capability of coming back. Right, they're, they're neither of these teams mm-hmm. is going to be able to run and put away the game and keep this under under wraps like twenty eight fourteen or something. You know, what I mean, like like this is going to be a game where if you are down by by more than a touchdown in the third quarter, fourth quarter, like you're going to still be able to put some points on the board. Um, and that aspect is something that I'm going to look forward a lot more regularly before I fire on overs this season. Uh, I just want to know that like one of the two teams, if they develop a lead, isn't going to be able to sock away the you know, sock away the game with the run. And uh, neither of these teams really looks likely to be able to do that. So that's a check for me. And this is an overlook. Exactly. And uh, we'll move down the card. Philadelphia. Yeah. And, oh, one, and one more thing, too, with Phil, the Falcons. They do run a lot of zone run. Like, they don't run up the gut. I don't know how much that helps, but it's something I'm looking at with totals. <laughs> teams that just continually, even, even if it's advantageous runs up the middle, it's less likely to stop the clock for any amount of time, any game situation. And I think in general, most of those runs are into minus EV box situations yep. and just don't, don't help uh, as far as getting more points on the board from the team. So yep, yep, yep. hopefully uh new, new coordinator. So it's tough to say, but I think same uh, with Devonte Freeman. That's what we'll see. Nice, nice, nice. Um, let's move down to Philly. Uh, probably well, this is probably the worst game of the week, I guess, just because we're not expecting the Redskins to put up much of a fight. So, congratulations, Redskins, on your one and zero start. Um, in seriousness, oh, though, man, this can't be this can't be the <laughs> this game, can't can be it? Right? It can't. I, I don't think it can be, but maybe it is. Um, we are set up here with two teams that are going in opposite directions: a Redskins team that is in free fall that their blue chip players are holding out because they don't believe in the medical staff's ability to take care of them and their health. Uh, And then on the other side, you have a team that is operating with plus EV decision-making at every level of the organization and has one of the most complete and talented rosters in the entirety of the NFL. This looks like a mismatch in every shape of the word. And that I believe is probably inflating this line a little bit more than what is reasonable. But again, uh, this is an, was an easy one for me to cross off just because in, you know, I'm looking at this game simply as Philadelphia or nothing. And if you're telling me to, if I want to back Philadelphia, I have to lay, you know, double digits week one of the season, then, you know, that's, that's, that's an easy, easy skip for me. Um, <clears throat> unders taking a big amount, a decent amount of money. I, I mean, not unrealistic to think the Philly could shut these guys out. <laughs> I mean, like I, I get that too. Like uh, I'm projecting the Redskins. To oh, come I think up with I think that's the angle. Most points. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm projecting the Redskins to have the second fewest points in the entirety of the NFL this weekend, um, with 17. I think that's generous. Is somebody on buy? <laughs> uh, no. Well, sort of. <laughs> you, we'll get to them in a second. There's a team in the NFL that's worse than the Redskins, believe it or not. Maybe not as a franchise, but as a team and roster this year, there's one that's worse. And that's um, a matchup. Yeah, it's a matchup. Uh, and yeah, so, you know, low total, high point spread, probably some angle here to back him in a teaser. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I teased him. This is half okay, of a nice. teaser. Okay, nice. What's, at, nine, uh, okay, at, what's... at the nine, uh, nine, I'm so apprehensive about doing these things early and kind of pissed that I didn't 
especially in week one where you have weeks on end that you could actually put this in. But it, it's nine and a half where I got it at. So I teased a, a seven-point teaser. It is only one half of it. I'll give you the other half later um, at minus 130, which yeah. it's still over the long haul. If you tease even paying 130 cents, 130 cents, I don't know if I ever say it that way, but even if you tease it down seven points and pay the minus 130, if you can get through the seven and the three, which we're taking it down to two and a half, it's still a plus EV move in the long term. Their home team, it's a lower total. And then just like, yeah, everything you said. When you're when your two biggest moves, I mean your two your three biggest moves are the like what, Eric Flowers, Case Keenum, and then losing your left tackle. Like it's not going to be a good year. They were a bad yeah. team last year. Yeah, I mean, seven seven wins was probably a little generous. I'm not sure what you had for Pythag. We won't get into everything now, but I think they probably overperformed a little uh, last year. Yes, they did. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a long year up there in Washington. I uh, I'm not uh, I'm not overly excited to find many spots to back them. It's gonna be this, tough yeah. for them to be underrated. At, I mean, the the there's gonna be some big freaking spreads. Yeah, especially yeah. if Dallas plays well in the in the division they could be a double digit dog uh, you know a few times here yeah <laughs> even, I'll tell you, even, on the, even at all maybe i'll tell you what the play is you put philly in a teaser like you did when it was early and it was nine and um and then you go to philadelphia uh where gambling is now legal and uh and you bet uh you take the points with the redskins which is probably going to be over 10 Right. I mean, like this is probably like one of those wild, weird regionalization things where everybody, you know, they're they're just so overweight on Philly action in and around Pennsylvania, I would guess. Uh, this is a, the kind of game where you would see that sort of thing. So um, and, you know, it's it's uh, it's a shame that this is not going to be a more competitive game. And, you know, it's a shame that you, we can't take all of these points in a divisional matchup. I just don't have any belief that the uh, the Redskins are going to be able to score points in this one and stay, uh, you know, stay within arm's reach. Um, so it's a, st- it's a, it's a skip. Um, should we cruise on down the line? Yeah. And I think the over the ste- or the steam on the under is probably correct too. It's just like at this point, you, I don't know how much you want to get involved, especially you, you can't bet team totals terribly early. And this one has just gotten squashed down by the fact that it's gone under and it's gone Philly money. So the, the Washington team total just keeps getting depressed, even though it, it might be a play. I'm I'm not on maybe first half team total. They run the ball on first down so much, and now they got both their running backs and they're ah, like I feel like it's just going to be a really sad offense to watch, especially in the first half. So I might have to look at that. But for now, yep, just teasing it. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's move down. Let's move up to uh, the Meadowlands, up up the turnpike from Philly to New Jersey, um, and talk about probably the most one of the most um, impactful, I'll say. This is a big game. Impactful in the standings, impactful in the playoff race, even though it's everyone is 0-0 right now. It seems insane to say this. Uh, but the winner of this game puts themselves in prime position to kind of um, set themselves up for a wild card run. And the loser is going to be playing from behind until week 17. Because this is the Jets versus the Bills in the week AFC East. Where you have a couple of uh, a couple of free wins potentially over the course of the season, you have a soft schedule. Uh, you're not traveling too much. You're set up this season to to make a make a run at nine or ten wins if you're these two teams. Uh, but it, a lot depends on whether or not you win this game. 
And it's a very tightly lined game. In fact, it was opened at Jets minus three and a half. It's been bet down to Jets minus three. Um, I think three is a very fair home field advantage uh, for the New York Jets at the Meadowlands, uh, which basically means they're telling you, and you can get this from the you know regular season wins line too. They're basically telling you that these two teams are dead even. Two teams that have um, you know coaching staffs that have had you know reasonable success in the past. Um, brand new staff in uh, in uh, in New York with uh, Adam Gase, but he's you know he's been in the AFC East now. This is his fourth season, uh, and you have a, a, a Bills team that's you know that has exceeded ex- expectations uh, year in year out, uh, and you know is is set up to to challenge a little bit here. And you know this is two even teams, three point spread, low total, um, competitive game. And, you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fascinating to, to see who comes out on top here. Do you have a lean either way on a side, even if you're staying away from this one, from a betting standpoint? Not really, man. These are, I love them both. And I'm not sure I've ever loved the bills before, but like if we can get the same kind of production from the, the, you know, the quarterback running back, we need a, we need a name for that. Like a bad quarterback who's good at running, <laughs> he is. Like uh, it, it still befuddles yes. defense somehow. It's almost like how you know how running running the ball effectively doesn't make your play action any better. Apparently, like the fact that you're not a dangerous passer doesn't matter. They still they still know you can throw the ball. You have the right to throw the ball, and they have to respect that. And you can pump fake it and then tuck it down and run it. He's been so athletic about that. I worry about that against the Jets' defense there. Um, but I still do love everything I said about uh, Darnold after the you know after the injury when he came back. He looked like a completely different quarterback. He's saying all the right things. I guess I, I would just lean Jets at home. I I do like Gase. I mean, maybe unpopular opinion. I know some people aren't super high on him. I think he's a smart guy. Maybe always and hasn't always had the best situations as far as uh I don't know like ownership management players. I I don't think this is a terrible situation for him. And I th- I think the Jets can be the team that sneaks out to be the second best team in the AFC East and has a sniff for that wild card spot. I I definitely lean Jets. Yeah. Yeah. I am with you. I'm with you. And um, I'm capping them. I mean, I'm capping this 23-21. And I'm looking at this low total. And I'm thinking, okay, this is an over spot. Um, Again, kind of going back to a couple key tenants here. Um, The Jets can stop the run, which means if they're behind in this game, they're going to be live. um, Because they're going to be able to, you know, smother the the Bills running out rushing offense, which I'm not impressed with anyway outside of of Josh Allen. and on the flip side, uh, you know, that the, I'm not a believer necessarily in the running scheme that uh, these Jets have. I don't love their offensive line. I don't love the idea that Le'Veon Bell is going to be, you know, lighting the world on fire with his rushing attack this year. So and, and the Bills defense is pretty good. So I see two pretty, op, you know, pretty decent opportunities for both of these teams to be in this game late to score some points down the stretch. Maybe they trade field goals. Uh, oh, by the way, two young quarterbacks with the propensity to, you know, possibility uh, that they could be turning the ball over, creating some short fields, giving you a couple extra points here and there. Um, pretty solid special teams units on both sides. So this is this is a, uh, I mean, I like, you know, the Jets obviously have gone through a bunch of kickers, but I, I think they've got a guy that 
uh, is going to be able to put points on the board with those legs. So uh, this is uh, this is an overlook for me. I'm capping this 23-21, 44 points. You're going to be a total that's 40 and a half week one of the NFL season in 20, the year 2019 of our Lord. Like, that is a overplay, even though it's in division and, and we're thinking about the, the Bills as this potentially dynamic defense. This is a... This is one that I'm a little bit fired up about. And you, spoiler alert, want to try to talk me out of this. What's, what's, what am I missing? I don't know. I think you almost talked me into it. <laughs> Are we coming into the middle here? Yeah. I mean, I definitely didn't get the best of this number. I could have bet it a couple of weeks ago at 38 and a half. It's up to 40 and a half. Or it was up to 40 and a half when I bet it. I think it's up to 41 now. Uh, there may have been a little bit of buyback on the under. Um, but, uh, you know, are these two teams, are we looking at two teams that are capable of scoring 20 points in this game? Yeah. And I just think the number I'm not, I'm not so far off you that I'm saying it, it should be a, you know, play the other way. I think the number's good. Like I'm, I'm happy with the number where it's at. Like you said, the bills defense, very solid. The jets defense, getting better young quarterbacks. I think if you do see a total uh, higher or it goes over the total, it it might be due to some turnovers, some variance that way. And they are both going to try to run the ball probably a little too much for my liking. And I think that's where the totals that's where it's at. And I I wish you the best of luck, but uh, I'm (laughs) I'm staying away from that. This has the feel of it going 20, 20 into overtime. And I'm just praying for somebody to make a field goal and not tie it. 20 to 20. <laughs> That's, I think, how this is going to go down. <laughs> uh, these two teams are really evenly matched. I think the Jets' offense is good. I think the Bills' defense is good. I think the Jets, you know, the Jets' defense has holes. I think the Bills' offense's problem, you know, has problems. So, like, this is kind of strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness. And uh, we're in for a very even matchup. Uh, I just hope it's a trading points instead of trading field position type of game. But, uh, you know, with the total this low, you know, in, in a pass first uh, NFL nowadays. Um, and, you know, and two coaches that I think are capable of putting together some pretty innovative game plans. And, you know, when they have time to prep, like this is a nice little, uh, nice little head to head here. Should be a great game. We're going to learn a ton about both of these teams. Uh, and uh, I'm fired up for this one. So going to be a great game. Moving down to, so. to the, uh, <laughs> sad state of affairs in South Florida. Miami Dolphins. We had a sense. What? What the hurricane? Well, Miami Hurricanes equally sad state. Um, but uh, <clears throat> Miami Dolphins. I meant the weather. Not oh, the weather. Oh, whatever. A lot of sad states about that too. That that was pretty horrific. Um, the Miami Dolphins though uh, are not competing for much this season outside of the first overall pick in the NFL draft in 2020. It's sad, but understandable that they would ship their only competent offensive line player in Laramie Tunsil. They got a great package for him, so I understand why they did it. Um, But, you know, you hate to see it when beat reporters in Miami are saying, if Tunsil gets traded, then there's going to be a locker room mutiny. Uh, and you hate to see it when it's involving, you know, a brand new head coach from the Bill Belichick tree who, you know, may be out there a little heavy handed in terms of I'm a winner and you're not, you're going to 
toe the line. You're going to, you're going to get along with what I say in this place. You know, like all of this is not great. Uh, and the dolphins on top of all of this are going to throw none other than, uh, Fitz magic out there, uh, who has looked absolutely incapable of being a quarterback for all of about 50 weeks. It's been about 50 weeks since he, since we saw him play a competent quarterback position in the NFL. Does what run? Yeah. Does Fitz magic have any magic left in that, uh, in that old arm of his, in that crazy beard of his, in that, um, in that, in that, uh, what was the McGregor outfit of his? Um, yeah, I mean, he, he probably does, but it might not be this week. Like what, what a bad way to start. I mean, granted it's at home, but to face that coaching staff, that defense, uh, behind that line, like, I don't have much to say. I'm not going to say much that you haven't already said about Miami. And truthfully, I respect the tank, how hard they went. Don't half-ass anything in life, including tanking. Like, I salute the Miami brass for absolutely going balls out under on this and stockpiling, like, 60% of next year's draft and a bunch of 2021. Like, they are rebuilding full balls out. God bless their hearts. Uh, no play in this. Obviously, if you were somebody who grabbed an early early Baltimore number, three, four, what have you, you're feeling pretty good. Kudos. Respect the grind. Nice job getting a, an early summer number on that. I'm not touching this seven. A road seven down in the heat's kind of tricky. I still don't think they win, but you never know. There could be an ugly backdoor with the Fitzmagic. I, th- I think he does have one of those games. Him. I think it'll be you know a little later on in the season here before he does eventually get benched. But week two against this the week Patriots. is not that week. I'm staying <laughs> far. That would be hilarious. I mean that's 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 the trope. I mean Dolphin. Yeah. They go down. Or, uh, it's up in Foxborough, isn't it? No, it's in it's in Miami. Week two it's is in Miami. In Miami. Oh, yeah. I mean that's have, that's how the movie I was playing. Yeah. Pa- Patriots. Patriots are going to be two touchdown favorites on the road in Miami in the Heat next week, and Fitzmagic is going to do something dumb for sure. Dumb as in beat them. <laughs> yeah, hard, <laughs> yeah, hard, hard, yeah. hard skip. I'll be, uh, I'll be. The only interesting part for me will be watching Lamar Jackson against a pretty good secondary. I'm, uh, yes, good I'm excited point. to see how he does as a good young second point. year quarterback on the road against. Uh, I mean, that's the strength. That's the only strength. Even if it wasn't that good, it would be by far their strength. Um, Sabian Howard, whoever else, what's it, Fitzpatrick. It's a it's a good secondary, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what Lamar Jackson and what the offensive game plan comes up with. They could legitimately run fifteen runs rushes in a row on their first possession, score a touchdown, and this game could be pretty much over, <laughs> right? Like like this could get this could be one of those games that you know we never see of again on red zone after the first quarter, <laughs> right? Like uh, and you know I and I agree with you. I, I thought to myself. We don't know what the weather's going to be like. It might be a billion degrees. Um, that stadium is really, really, really tough to play in in early September. It is dead air. It is hot and humid, and it is tough on the body, especially for a visiting team who they put in the sun uh, for the entirety of the first half. They, and, and you generally see uh, a lot of you know underperforming second halves out of the visiting teams in in September in Miami, based on just the way that the stadium is situated and the they, the way they set up the field. Because of all that, I was like, okay, well, 
uh, you know, and, and I and I knew the Ravens were going to take money and that that line was going to drift because I knew people were going to look at this scenario and they were going to look at 2018 results and they were going to see, wow, remember when the Ravens went up to Buffalo uh, and people were kind of like, yeah, you know what? They're going to beat the shit out of this team. And that line drifted from four to seven. And even then, I know it's the same exact conversation we had last year. Like, man, I would have liked Ravens at like four, but I'm not going to get involved at seven. And they win like, what, 41 nothing or 41 three or something insane? Like, you know, like I'm sure people looked at that result and they're like, oh, here we go again. I'm getting in early. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, well, I like Ravens first half, but, uh, you know, they're going to be in the sun. They might they might underperform in the second half. Maybe they uh, – Yeah, the what if they wear the are, black jerseys? Yeah, right. Well, exactly. And what if the second – I mean, they might not have a choice. Um, and I was like, yeah, I mean, they're going to be in black pants or black jerseys, one of the two. Well, they have to wear the dark road jerseys. Do they, is that right? I mean, the Dolphins, I think, wear the teal at home, so I'm not 100% sure how that works. Oh, yeah, you're right. Either I, way. I think Dolphins have choice, though. They get choice. Okay. Okay. Well, either way, the, um, the, you know, the likelihood that they were going to underwhelm in the second half, I was thinking, okay, well, I'll just wait till the first half lines pop. Well, that never happened until the thing drifted out to seven. And then I was like, okay, well, just stay away from this altogether. Cause this looks like a pretty, uh, a pretty ugly, sloppy, terrible game. And you don't want to, you know, be counting on some sort of, uh, you know, defense is gassed from being in the heat all day and has to make a stop to prevent the back door. So this is a good stay away, but I do love the Ravens as a, uh, Ravens the best survivor leg on the card this week, you think? Or worth saving the Ravens for later in the season? Maybe worth saving for saving next it. week. <laughs> the Ravens have a couple of... Couple yeah, they play Cincinnati twice. It's, it they might be worth saving them there. They play the Cardinals next week at home. Like there's yeah, a, Maybe if you're going to fade Miami in, in Survivor, use them, use them when they're on the road. I agree with you 100% on that. Um... And there'll be a lot of opportunities to do just that <laughs> starting in week three uh, when they go uh, at the Cowboys. So, um, all told, stay away from this team. I still, nothing has changed my opinion about the Ravens. Um, I still feel like this is a team that you absolutely have to be buying now uh, because I think their prices are going to get shorter and shorter and shorter. And I think they have a realistic chance to win the AFC North and steal a buy. Uh, and you know, I'm not even expecting Lamar Jackson to really be tested in the passing game here. Cause why do they, why would they, why would they have to like, they, you know, like you're right. The secondary for Miami is their only strength. Like don't even like just easy stay away. Um, and Miami tanking, the tanking script is, is written. Yeah, if and, you we, are, and we've already tank, talked about a game we're not betting for like 10 I know, but now. yeah, but the tanking script is written. If you want to tank, all you got to do is find some, Oh, tank away. T- all you got to do is find some coach who's on the hot seat, who doesn't have a GM, and whose owner has recently passed away, and you give them your best player for all of their next first-round picks. Like, that, that is the recipe from, for anyone that wants to take in the future. Uh, and uh, you should be able to find exactly one of those, which is what the Dolphins did with their trading partner in, uh, in Houston Texans and Bill O'Brien. So, uh, moving down the card. What do you make of this one? This one is is a late game, but it has an early number. I feel like they they lined the numbers here, not realizing this game was in the four o'clock time slot. But uh, but it's a freaking good one. This is a good one to handicap. This is going to be a great one to watch. The San Francisco 49ers head east to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our second game in Florida, uh, and. This is two teams that have alternately gotten some sharp attention as far as being potential kind of outlier wild card 
um, sneak up on the league type of teams. Bruce Arians making his debut in Tampa at home. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo coming back off an ACL. Uh, some of our sharp friends in this space have been, you know, frothing at the mouth uh, to get involved in the over in this game. Um, and for a while, I just had to sit back and say, you know, I don't really have a strong feeling one way or another. I don't know what the differentiating factor is going to be. Uh, and then in the last about 24 hours, I finally kind of put the right matchups together and I was like, okay, I know where I'm going on this game. Um, before we get into that though, do you have a setup, a framing, uh, a feel for, for how these two guys match up? God, no, this was, I bet this is the first one I crossed off. Like I under I understand people's takes, but those like we said at the beginning, there's different ways to go about things, and the kind of people that were getting involved on either of these teams, whether it's in this game or season long, they are the kind of people who will take, you know, harder stands on a team early, before where they they feel like I'm either going to be in early and way ahead of the curve, or we'll just be dead wrong on this team and we'll move on. And these, I mean, these are two teams that I've just. You know, we talk about the Bears and Packers getting a lot of talk. Both these teams, not only in the, the mass media space, but in, in our little Twitter sphere and, you know, all the sports, the sports uh, media that we intake. We've heard a lot about both these teams, one way or the other. Uh, I think Tampa's a little overhyped, I think, and I think uh, maybe the Niners are too. But then at the same time, I wonder why, you know, why the 49ers can't seem to get any hype, you know, based off what they got last year. I mean, it, it's it's kind of the same team, isn't it? Like yes. people were all jacked. There were Jimmy G, Jimmy G MVP tickets, Niners Super Bowl tickets. You know, we, we talk a lot about the bad luck the Falcons had on injuries, but Jesus, the Niners just right off the get go before the season even started. I mean, you you lose a top running back or a top or top quarterback. You're you're starting quarterback. And then yeah, I think that what was it a corner or a safety right away too. I mean, it just the season went to shit in in a hurry. It sucked, and I think they are getting overlooked a little. That said, lining these teams, maybe Tampa Bay three or four points worse. That's probably fair. Like it's still oh, the NFL. There's I disagree. Yeah, I know you do, and I I I think you're buying a little too much into some of the hype. And I get the matchups, but man, we haven't we haven't seen. A, we haven't seen anything out of the new coaching staff yet in Tampa, and I, I still think we need to see Jimmy G in the offense play. Mm. Like I, I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't bet this with your money. Okay. Well, these are two eight and eight teams as far as I handicap them, and these are two dead even teams, and they have the same strengths and they have the same weaknesses. And I believe slightly more in the track record we have on paper from Jameis Winston than I do the track record we have from Jimmy G, especially Jimmy G coming off an ACL who may take a couple of weeks to really get back into the swing of things. Uh, and uh, yeah, the a particular matchup that I kind of keying on here is um, Winston versus this Niners secondary. This Niners secondary is really, really bad. They're bad. Not only do they not have good coverage skills, they can't create turnovers. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were previewing things and had some wild stead digging into the stats to try to find uh, some historical, um, you know, some historical uh, analogs. And there's nothing that compares to how poor this Niners secondary was at creating interceptions last year. 
Like it was impossibly low. They got two interceptions from over 500 pass attempts against them. Like that is a rate that is mind-bogglingly low. Uh, and in fact, you can't find any examples going back to like the 1920s where a team was unable to force more than two interceptions. Uh, and it's, it's, not, it's not good. I mean, that's how you beat, that's how you put pressure on this Bucks team. Uh, you force Winston to do when the field gets narrow, when, when, you know, when they're in, inside the 20s, uh, and you, know, you, you, you mix up your scheme, you get your guys that are relatively tight in coverage on their, you know, their big weapons in the passing game, and you, know, you, you create a turnover against them. Uh, and that's always been the knock on Winston. We kind of have been like, wow, man, maybe in a Bruce Arian system, Winston's a little bit more in control this year. Well, I don't know that he even matters in this game. I really don't. Like he's going to have his, he's going to have easy pickings throwing to Evans, Godwin, and OJ Howard, and they are going to put up points, and they are going to be tough to compete with. Now, it's going to be e- interesting to see if the Niners can hang with them. Uh, I think that the over depends entirely. Enti- if you're betting the over, you are counting on Jimmy G being right and throwing touchdown passes in this game because I got to tell you, man, the Bucks defense is not great either. Um, but we have yet to see anything to tell us that Jimmy G is right. And I believe in Kyle Shanahan as a coach. I believe in his scheme. They have some interesting dynamic weapons in the passing game, but uh, you know, it's it, this has all of the makings of Bucks get to 30 can the Niners answer? And uh, we haven't seen it from Jimmy G in his professional career last year uh, and through this preseason. So um, Bucks money line for me here. I feel like this should be, you know, a, a situation where the Bucks are small home favorites. I think these are two reasonably even teams from a power metric standpoint. Um, and the fact that you're completely ignoring any kind of home field advantage for the Bucks feels like three points to me. Uh, so I'm going to take the money line at minus 104 for Tampa. I like a lot of things about Tampa too. Tampa too. I don't like anything about the Tampa too. If we want to go back to that, that's a that's a that's a funny Freudian slip. But uh, I do like Byron Leftwich, um, Bruce Arians. Still wait and see. I think he's a very smart coach. It doesn't help to be out of the league. And I love Shanahan. I love the pieces in the offense. I, what you said really does make sense, so I am scared about the, the Niners secondary. We'll see about Winston. I, obviously, some regression, hopefully, for the Niners for interceptions this year. Just, I mean, because yeah. it, it can't get – I mean, le- technically, it could get worse. They could intercept zero or one passes this year. I don't see that <laughs> happening. Um, <laughs> they don't I don't skill. I don't How disagree with you. Yeah. How crazy is it that John Lynch, Tampa Bay – Tampa just, Bay Buccaneer great John Lynch cannot field a secondary that is worth a damn in today's NFL. Like, how crazy is that? Oh, just injuries. I mean, uh, these guys aren't skilled, though. These guys aren't good. When you put, when you put Verrett on the uh, – Ver- Verrett's very good. Verrett is very yeah, good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he's a top true. player That's if he's fair. ever That's healthy. Fair. That's fair. No, he, That's he's, fair. he's just – he's never healthy. And Richard Sherman, I don't know if he'll ever, ever be – you know, hundred percent healthy again. There, there's just a lot of uh, ifs and buts. Uh, that said, I do love, I love, love, love the defensive line, and I really, really don't like Tampa's front. 
as far as the matchup goes. So I think if if anything goes in, in favor of the, you know, when the Tampa Bay's offense is on the field, that's a matchup that's definitely probably in the favor of the 49ers up front. So Winston under pressure, maybe we get that, that uh, we match last year's interception total in the first half of the first game. That'd be pretty, that's, that'd be funny. That's worth a tweet once it happens. So stay away. It's possible. You have it's Tampa. possible. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm willing to pay one week, one week's tuition here to see that Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that can throw three touchdown passes and 300 yards plus in a game and, uh, you know, coming off any sale. I'll, I'll pay to see it. Um, and, you know, I like I was bullish on San Francisco overall this season. I think they'll get there. Uh, but uh, I think there's going to be some growing pains uh, as Jimmy G finds his uh, finds his form and uh, got to take advantage of it now. Because there'll be a the switch the the you know if they stay healthy, uh, if Jimmy G gets into the swing of things, the you know the switch will flip and there'll be some nice opportunities coming up like like weeks three through eight to, to back the Niners in some games where they'll be getting points. So um, moving down, I'm projecting twenty seven twenty four in that one. So I get why people are on the over, um, but I'm you know the num- best number is long gone and that's an easy stay away at this point for me. Yeah. Um, Back to the one o'clock games now. KC, we're staying in Florida though. Three straight, three straight Florida uh, games, and and you know NFL. Like, are you trying to kill these players? Like, why are you putting all these games in Florida uh, in the beginning of September? Like, number one, the weather is going to be you know is always dicey this time of year, as noted by the Category Five hurricane that's currently parked off the coast. Um, but number two, it's going to be hot and humid at the worst case scenario, you know, best case scenario, and and uh, you're going to see some pretty. You know, pretty pretty tough, sloppy second halves here. Um, KC sloppy seconds, sloppy seconds here. KC heads to uh, heads to Jacksonville in a rematch of a game last year where the wheels fell off for Blake Bortles. He was never the same. Uh, the Jags kind of had a chance to compete with the Chiefs in that game and save their season. It did not go well. Spoiler alert. Uh, and now we see, you know, we see a Jags team that invested a lot of, uh, a lot of money, a lot of their future in the hands of a backup quarterback of the former Philadelphia Eagles backup quarterback, Nick Foles. Uh, and I, this was an easy cross off for me. Cause I just, I don't know what to expect. I don't love the coaching staff. I don't love the, the moves that they've made, uh, from the offensive side of things here. I don't really know what to expect in terms of whether these players on defense really have you know, the ability to kind of pull it together and stop what was an absolute world-beating unit in the Chiefs. Um, and, you know, there's some fascinating matchups here. Tyreek Hill against Jalen Ramsey is probably one of the best uh, wide receiver um, cornerback matchups we're going to see all season. That's speed on speed. It's going to be fantastic. Um, but it's still uh, it's still not, you know, there's not an easy and obvious dis- differentiating factor between these two teams that I can, you know, say one way or another that uh, that there should be an edge here. Um, do you think that Jacksonville's not getting respect uh, that they deserve at home, uh, being three and a half point dogs? And actually, I, I should set this up a little better. They opened at five and a half, right? Maybe yeah. that was the knock. They caught a little money. Respect. They caught a little bit of money here. Yeah, that num- that was probably a little big. I don't usually jump on early stuff like that, but. I mean, not only the move justifying it, but when we looked at that at first, we said, well, Jesus, they don't think Foles is going to do much. And and part of it is, too, the 
maybe the general consensus around the league was that the Jags defense wasn't very good last year comparatively to 2017, which truthfully, it wasn't that big of a drop off. And like you said, you need a differentiating factor. You need to find an edge. You need to take a stand on something, you know, whether it's a matchup or just, just plain old everything about it and the coaching being, you know, finding yourself an edge one way or the other. I think the number's probably pretty fair. It's really tough to, you know, say how this Jags offense is going to look. You bring in a completely new quarterback. You bring in, what is it, quarterback and uh, and offensive coordinator here, right? Yeah. Yeah. DeFilippo replacing yep. Nathaniel Hackett. So new new quarter, yeah, the flip the flip and full factory, mixing it up down in uh, Duval. I don't I don't know what we're gonna see there. I really, really, really think Jacksonville Jaguars defense on the best day. On a on a very good day, top two, top three defense. Obviously on a great day, the Kansas City offense is the best in the league. So you got strength on strength there. And I mean just cross that off then. And then you look on the other side, the the Kansas City defense has a chance of being worse, despite what Caleb says. It has a couple <laughs> nice pieces, but it, it it may get worse. The only Caleb thing I knows. like about it is Caleb knows. the only thing I like is the is the replacing replacing the defensive coordinator. I think the other guy was out of his element. Yeah, he was. He was Sutton, a little. It was a little over his head, and I, I like the signing there with the spags. Yeah, I didn't mind. I didn't mind bringing in spags. I think that might be a nice move, but you know. In this in this matchup, you want to say is there an edge? You know, do you think Nick Foles is getting not enough respect? Do you think this offense is just suddenly going to be good? And I've said in the previews, I do believe that it'll be better, but I'm not sure it's going to be better immediately. And I'm certainly not going to say, you know, that absolutely they're going to be able to slow down. I don't think you can stop Kansas City's offense, but if they slow them down, keep them to – I mean, what's a reasonable a reasonable amount of points for a really good defense at home to hold a prolific offense to like this? 28 points. 24? No, 28. Yeah, if you hold them to 24, you, I mean, it's at home. I know that it's, a, it's an amazing day. And just what we've seen from Nick Foles without good receivers hasn't been great. And I mean, I like D.D. Westbrook, but outside of that, the receiver situation isn't super solid. I'm not, I'm not real psyched about some of the other pieces on the offense. So even if Foles does take some steps forward, it's going to be tough to outscore even a hampered offense for Kansas City. Uh, granted that you know the total here is in the low 50s. They're they're projecting, you know, I, I suppose what is it like 28, 24, right around yeah. there. Yeah. That's what I'm getting exactly. So I mean, the projections are 28. I mean, the, basically, the implied the implied team totals are saying they'll hold them to 28, which I'm I'm not even sure I'll see that happen. I I don't think this big regression for Kansas City is going to be as big as people think, and I think this one might might even get out of hand. If I had to lean, I would I would take road. Give me road chalk here. I don't care. Just, yeah, I think I'm there too. You know, show it. Show me something from from this offense in in Jacksonville first. So hard cross off. I'm excited for a lot of points because I have a bunch of them on my fantasy rosters. <laughs> what uh, what were the fewest points scored by the uh, Chiefs last year on the road? Or was there fewest points scored? Period. You got a guess? Oh, you already looked it up. I'm looking at uh, right now. twenty. Twenty six. 
Arizona Cardinals, they beat them 26-14. Mm-hmm. Uh, they scored 27 against the Ravens. They scored 27 against the Broncos. This was a team that was absolutely out of this world dynamic on offense last year. Fucking Andy, wagon. I know. Fucking wagon. And, uh, you know, Andy Reid tends to have some pretty good tricks up his sleeve early in the season. So I would be surprised uh, if the Jaguars can keep this team in check. Uh, that said, um, not laying chalk on the road week one. Sorry. So skip this one for me, nope. but I agree with you. No tanks. Uh, le- would, would lean, uh, would lean, uh, KC. Um, uh, one, ang- one angle I could see on this for me would be a live over. Sure. Jacksonville gets the ball run, run. Maybe, maybe they're able to run a little, you know, field goal or punt. And if Kansas city does not score a touchdown on their first drive, and it tickles down under 49. God for sake, it's a really slow drive, and we see like a 45-46, something along those lines in the first quarter. I'd probably hop on a live over, live oh, first like half over. Call. Who knows? I weird. like that call. Um, do you so. like a first half under? <laughs> it's Kansas City. What are you, nuts? <laughs> okay. Um, let's move down to the card where I do like a first half under, and I like a full game under. And I like a team total under. And that all revolves around um, I, what I believe to be an under um, appreciation for the potential of the Browns defense. Browns host the Titans in Cleveland. This is maybe my favorite total on the card. I don't like a lot of early unders in the NFL, but here we are. I'm staring at a nice under position that I grabbed here at 45 and a half. And it's based entirely on the fact that I do not have any respect or appreciation for what Marcus Mariota is doing in today's NFL. I do not think that he has the ability to hit the Browns where it hurts. Uh, And I think the Browns defense is, is very, very underrated because they gave up some really awful performances last year with Greg Williams at the helm. Uh, and some some scheme and personnel uh, deficiencies that were obvious to the naked eye to everyone except for Greg Williams. Uh, and they should be, you know, a substantially upgraded unit across the board this year. And all people can do is look at the Browns offense and think, oh, whoa, look at all those shiny new toys. They're going to be amazing. Uh, honestly, like, yeah. By come week 14, they'll probably be incredible. But, you know, we still have to see how they're going to fit together. We still have to see how Freddie Kitchens is going to do as a head coach. So this is going to be a work in progress on offense, and it's going to be uh, a difference-making unit on defense. And I love, love the way that the pass rush for the Browns matches up against this Titans offensive line. And I cannot wait to see Mariota throwing uh, ducks out of bounds as he's, you know, pressured uh, from you know, from every different angle by Miles Garrett and company on third down and long, which I expect will be a lot of because we're going to see a lot of run first approach out of this team. Arthur Smith, I don't think, is bringing you know a new look to this league that uh, has anything <laughs> other other than run, run, pass, punt, uh, and uh, I think the Titans are going to be pretty, pretty, pretty hard to come by points in this game. Uh, add to the mix that they have put their kicker on IR and they have signed a guy in Carlos Santos who can't make a 44 yard field goal. Uh, and this has What's all the weather the look like? Uh, it's going to be cool. It's going to be a little windy. <laughs> it's going to potentially I'm glad you brought little, that up, Andy. <laughs> glad you brought that up. It's going to be a little wind. 
could see some 10, 10, 15 mile an hour wind gusts. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a nice look for an under. Uh, I think the Browns get the win. I, I know one of our very good friends has a strong opinion that the Titans are live to win this game. Um, but if they do, they're going to have to do it with defense. It's going to have to be 12-9 kind of win for the Titans. And no matter how you slice it, uh, I think the Titans are going to have a tough time getting over 20 points in this game. Uh, and uh, under 45 and a half feels pretty good in my pocket, I have to say. Uh, can you refute any of this? No, you've almost talked me into betting this one <laughs> earlier today. Like I'm, I'm very out on Mariota. I'm out on. I mean, we're, we might if they do anything this year, we're gonna have to handwrite letters to Arthur Smith. <laughs> We've been pretty hard on the guy. We've been hard on the guy, and we haven't even seen him like in real, oh you know, real action yet. I don't know what he looks like. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I couldn't. You, I couldn't pick him out. Yeah, of the you pick, <laughs> Yeah, you, you pick pick three guys out of a Dockers commercial and put them next. To, I couldn't tell you which one. Yeah, that, do, that's uh, yeah. No idea. No, no idea. He could be, but he we've could be we've been bald. hard on he him. Have, but uh, he could be bald. He could have a curly head of hair. I have no clue. Well, yeah, I'm gonna have to look him up here now. But anyway, <laughs> Mariota, not excited. Um, a little bit of excitement as far as he's healthy, I guess. If you're a Tennessee fan, if you're looking to back Tennessee, um, Delaney Walker healthy, Adam Humphreys. There's a few pieces, but like you said, this Cleveland defense sneaky good. Uh, Cleveland. I don't know if you heard they got a new receiver. Like their their offense. I mean, this, this this is a mismatch. Like I'm I'm tempted to I'm actually tempted to take Cleveland this game. I haven't I haven't dug as deep as I wanted to in this one yet. But and again, it's it's a little early to be laying some of these favorites. Which I don't know. We say that, but is it is it is there a time of year where it's it's worse to lay favorites? Have we ever looked into that? <sighs> I mean, granted, granted, we missed, I missed the number. I mean, for, just, for, I mean, yeah. honestly, like, 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 conceptually, logically, first quarter of the season, we don't really know who's good. Uh, and if you're laying, you know, mm-hmm. if you're laying the substantial chalk, yeah. yeah, the dogs have more value, especially home dogs. But uh, you know, this is all anecdotal, I think. Uh, and you know, and, and, and presumably the market is a lot sharper and a lot more caught up to than you know. If you look back through, you know, 1990 to 2000, you probably didn't even need to do any homework at all you probably just took the points and you called it a day right like if you were an advantage player um but you know it's it's yeah i i, I mean i get what you, i agree with all of this like and even I, i'm even challenging mariota's healthy um you know what he the injury he had was like a nerve yeah injury, he might not be you know healthy and he did that's not like something you can really fix with uh like rest and rehabilitation sometimes um that's the sort of thing that could flare up with just the wrong hit from miles garrett so all that said Am I feeling a little rumble in my tummy, a little nervous, a little sweat on my brow if uh, if I see Ryan Tannehill trotting into this game? Kinda. <laughs> I kinda am. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of sets up for you know, he's gonna sling more oh, you know, higher God, greater potential for the pick six, <laughs> greater potential for the yeah. pick six, greater potential for the Thank back you. door touchdown that takes it over. Like that's that's Thank that's, you for not yeah. I thought you were worried about him as being uh, okay. You're worried about him as a variance piece. Exactly. A, oh exactly. shit. Exactly. Exactly. This, uh, this offense yes. just got better. No, he is exactly a, exactly honestly I I think I think it might be better. 
I'm not sure if he's worth a half point or anything, but yeah, Mariota. I feel bad for the guy. Last couple years, uh, what was it? Two years ago, where they made the playoffs, and it's like shit. Yeah, they don't have a shot. But it's just now Mariota's going to play another game or two. Like that sucks. Like he's already injured all over the place. Yeah, Um, yeah, and yeah, the the nerve 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 issues can be an ongoing thing. So yeah, I mean you're right. He might not even be healthy. I think this one might be a bit of a, a stinker of a game to watch. You know, like a, a twenty to three, twenty to six kind of game. It could stay way under if uh, if the Browns get up early and take their foot off the gas a little. This could be a pretty boring one. You might not see in red red zone much. I don't mind. Okay. I don't mind your look at all. Let's do let's do a little uh, let's do a little flip the script on what we were talking about for the overs. Um, Browns have a chance to put this way with the run if they're ahead. Tennessee can yeah. stop the run, kind of. Uh, they have a couple of pieces that can stop the run. I guess when I look at, I mean, I look at Tennessee's defense, and I think it's—I don't necessarily think it's a slam dunk that the Browns get to twenty-eight here. Um, I think that their team total—if you decompose this, uh, this spread and total—their team total is around twenty-four, twenty-five. Um, yeah, twenty-four and a half feels fair. Uh, I don't think sure. they—I don't think this Brown team gets to twenty-eight because I, you know, I, I have respect for some of the pieces on this Tennessee Titans defense. Um, and, you know, we're about a week away from me making a legitimate case that the Tennessee Titans have been, you know, are being slept on week two. Like, I, I can kind of already feel myself walking down that road. Uh, so, you know, be prepared for, you know, me to be, you know, well, eyes I know Andrew seat. Luck's coming into town week two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're recording this in August. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Anytime you're going to be a home dog to Andrew Luckin and you're under a field goal, I'm taking those points. Um, no, seriousness, though, that, you know, it looks like Tennessee is going to be short home truck next week against the Colts. And I kind of want to want to crack at that. But we'll we'll wait for a week there. Um, you know, this, this Tennessee Titans defense is, is legit. They have some nice pieces. They're pretty much, you know, they're pretty well um, rostered on defense, I actually have to say. I like a lot of their pieces in the uh, in the secondary. I like their uh, they have. Would you say that uh, they have a top? They have a top fifteen corner for sure in Butler, and they have probably a top five uh, safety uh, duo across the league. I mean, this is a good secondary, um, and you know, it's it's going to be. I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, like the Mayfield interception party starts starts Sunday, right? <laughs> I mean, like this is something that I'm. You know, oh, shit. I mean, yeah, I forgot I'm, about that. I, I mean, this is this is the kind of game where he's two and two, two touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, and uh, and the Browns win something like 23-17, 23-10, something like that. Um, but under under is my favorite way to attack this one. So, fingers crossed that uh, we get a little weather to help us out here. Fingers crossed that we don't see any pick sixes, uh, and that uh, fingers crossed that uh, Cleveland doesn't hang a forty burger. Should we move down? Yes. The Rams. So. The Rams-Panthers game is a really, really, really hard handicap. And I took a position on this one, on the total, that I'm kind of regretting, I have to say. Um, not for any specific reason. I just... This is, this is just a tough one. Uh, either... Because a couple of things can happen here. Right, Rams head to Carolina. Um, it looks like a fair weather game. 
it looks like there's a potential for some offensive fireworks here for some back and forth scoring here just based on some of the dynamic weapons on each of these two offenses. Um, they're not necessarily expecting a low total game. They opened at 51. Uh, I caught it lower than 51. I think I caught it at 15 and a half um, for plus 103. Um, and I just I think both of these teams have a chance to get to about 28 points. Um, this depends entirely on Cam Newton being healthy, which is not a given. This depends entirely on the Rams offensive line uh, keeping the pass rush and the defensive line for the Panthers, which is dynamic at bay. Um, and those are two huge uncertainties that I'm not sure I have 100% handicapped correctly. Um, do you have any specific feel or lean here because as we sit here today this was a three and a half point opener that has been bet down to two the those this is the most significant swing in terms of implied winning percentage uh across the entirety of week one of the nfl do you have a feel for how this game sets up yeah, we crossed a number. I was going to say that's, I think, the most interesting thing because this was a hard pass for me was the movement. And it's, I guess, probably the, the same crowd that's taking Carolina Super Bowl tickets and very excited. And we were, we were higher on Carolina. We thought they definitely had a chance to compete within the division. You have a quarterback who's been an MVP. You have a team who's been to the Super Bowl within the last few years. It's, it's still got some pieces. You've got some nice pieces on defense. You've got, like I just said, Cam Newton. They're at home. They're playing a West Coast team early. It, it does feel like maybe it should be closer to a pick. Like, I I guess I agree with the movement. I'm not as excited to get behind him as other people are apparently because I haven't taken position. But, yeah, I guess uh, West Coast team on the East Coast super early in the season against a, a team that I think we're all pretty hopeful on. I, I definitely agree with the movement. That's a – I guess I lean to Carolina. I I guess if it's back to two and a half at, at the close, I might have another teaser in store. I don't mind that, even with a little bit of a higher total. I'm not going to let a high total scare me off a teaser for a home dog. If you can get them up to tease them up to eight and a half, I don't mind that oh, one bit. So I, I think as far as scheme or game plan or how it how it shakes out, if uh, if you can stop the pass rush for the Rams, or if you know if the Rams can stop the pass rush, keep some of that pressure up the middle from getting to Goff, they can probably pull out a win on the road. But if they're going to let him get to that, the you know the Panthers' defense is enough to slow down uh, an offense with some pretty good outside weapons, and I think we could have a close game. Hopefully it's high scoring, especially if I don't get involved. Then I would just want to see a fun shootout because I think this could be one of the fun games, especially in the noon slate. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, what was, your, what was your thought process on when you got involved there? I got involved in the over 50 and a half of plus 103, and it was on the basis of – I f I like the offensive matchups for both of these teams. I like the weapons in the passing game for the Rams up against the secondary for the Panthers, which I find to be a bottom five unit. I like mm -hmm. the way that uh, Norv Turner is running his offense now in Carolina and the weapons that they put around Cam and their development throughout the you know the last couple of years in this preseason. They've looked good. 
Like they look dynamic. Uh, and I don't love the Rams defense. I think they're going to look like they have taken a step back this year, just based on some of their, um, you know, some of the, the movement on, you know, on, on their personnel uh, and they're thin. Um, and, you know, this sets up to me for, uh, you know, even maybe even better as a second half overlook. Like, honestly, like I could see a scenario where these defenses are both a little bit gassed in the second half and there's just points galore. Um, and all, but at the same time, like there's key and obvious run stopping, you know, elements to each of these defenses that I don't think either of these teams with a t- with a 10, 14 point lead can put the game away on the ground. Uh, so this is a, this is a good kind of offensive chess match the way that I see this. And, um, I could see, you know, I could see both teams, uh, you know, scoring relatively comfortably here. I'm only, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm capping this where, where I'm expecting, you know, in the ballpark of seven, eight touchdowns. Uh, and then, you know, the, the kicking games are fair. Uh, and you know, there, the, the likelihood that, uh, that either of these teams runs away with it is low. Um, yeah. And, you know, I get the Carolina love. I get it. It's still like, I, I'm depending on the same thing that the Carolina backers are, which is that they're going to be able to score to stay in this game. Um, I'm a little surprised that there's been so much willingness to back Carolina on the points and, but not take the money line. Um, this seems like the kind and of maybe scenario. when it's on the other side of three, at yeah, this point, I mean, when it's still at this point, right? I mean, at this point, if you like, yeah, at this point, you take the money line. You have to take the money line, right? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's um, gonna be a hot day in Charlotte. It's supposed to be ninety degrees down there. At this point, if you like the Rams, do you sell out to three? Probably, right? I mean, we're expecting a pretty high scoring yes. game here. But you're not laying. You're not laying the juice on the Rams money line. No way, right? No, if I like the Rams, I definitely sell to the three. If I like Carolina, I take it to the money line. I remember yeah. we did this once. We were on opposite sides, and neither of us won. That was pretty fun. <laughs> Which but, game uh, was that? Yeah. It was that one that it was the Niners Niners Rams. Oh yeah, Niners Rams. You had on you had, it was you like had 40, minus two and right. a half. I had the money line. It was and it and was it, it was forty one forty one thirty nine. The most ridiculous score that I can remember in all of Thursday Night Football. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. And that was like Brian Hoyer versus Jared Goff too, right? Like when Jared Goff sucked. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, maybe it wasn't even Cooper Goff. Maybe it was Goff versus, versus Corn Elder. Yeah, I'm excited about that matchup. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, we were I giving Corn Elder some short some short shrifts. Who is it that told? Oh yeah, we we have we have a buddy who's like you guys are completely whiffing on some of these pieces on Panthers secondary. Um, uh, we'll we'll see we'll see about that. Um, I'll pay to be wrong. I mean, they have a um, tough test to start. They have the toughest test to start. Um, yeah. They have a bunch of tough tests for the secondary. Uh, anyway, um, okay, I, and you know, I guess at this point, do you do you think the Rams pull it out by three or more? I think it'll be a close game, and that's why I don't mind a teaser. Okay. I think they're oh. Oh, both teams yeah, can yeah. score, and we'll see it close at the end. I don't, um, I don't mind teasing Carolina over. Carolina's over in the teaser zone. Isn't Carolina in the Wong teaser zone? They are absolutely. That's why we'll, we'll wait to see where it closes. I want to see how this market moves. It's been an interesting market to follow, and for now, I'm just sitting, sitting pat. Gotcha. If you have, oh yeah, here's a million dollar question. If you have Carolina plus three and a half in your pocket from earlier in this cycle. Are you 
obligated to take Rams minus two now? I don't think you're out. I, I hate these questions. We do these. It's, <laughs> it's, it's such a, I think it's such the a personal thing. You. The like, math really, tell really, you you have to, right? Well, I mean, the math is one thing. Yeah, I mean, it is a really nice middle with the how many, you know, when you actually look at the distribution that see how many games would land in there for your 20 to one shot, if you're paying minus 110 on both sides, like you do have to, but it does depend on your on your risk tolerance, your bankroll size and everything else. But I mean, yeah, you, you do have to. Okay. Kind of. It's <laughs> okay. a sexy middle. Uh, it's a big one. It's a nice High one. Total, it's a really nice one. I know, but it's, a, it's still, it's uh this game feels yes, like it's, it gets, it, this game feels like it gets decided by a field goal in the final moments, to be honest. Sure. Um, and a lot of that is speculative, but it is what it is. Let's move out to the late slate. Um, and we, by the way, we didn't mention not only are the Rams playing in the heat, which I don't think is a big deal. It's been pretty hot in LA lately. They, they should be acclimated. Um, but, uh, but they're playing early. Um, so that aspect marries into it. And that actually might be fueling a lot of, you know, some, one sector of the market who is running to the window to back Carolina, right? A lot, there's people out there. There, I think there's like five, there are five different types of betters who are betting on the Panthers. This is the last, last comment and let's move on. But this is a really good and important game. Uh, there's a, <laughs> just, just one quick five person. One, just quick five things, <laughs> five, five bull points. No, but seriously, there's, there's a class of betters who are like, Oh, nope. The angle on this game is the Rams are playing early in the heat. Um, there's a class of betters that are, you know, that are running to the window that, Oh, the Rams are a Super Bowl team, uh, that losing Super Bowl team on hangover. You always fade that team week one. Um, there's a class of betters who are seeing some matchup, um, specifically with the Carolina defensive line, which is amazing up against the Rams offensive line, which is a little unproven, untested, especially in the middle, uh, that they think that golf's going to have an inefficient game. Therefore the Panthers are in it. Um, and then, um, and then there's people who are legitimately just backing home dogs week one. And then there are people who are um, out there, you know, just to, to uh, throwing darts. So, um, and, and I think, or chasing steam, you know, and that's, that's for sure happening in this instance too, because I think most of the people that we know who are sharp players on Panthers got in uh, when it was plus three uh, and they're not betting it now plus two, no fucking way. Right. Yeah, you, you lost me some through some of that. That's a lot of different people, <laughs> but I but I agree with you. I agree with you. There there are a lot of different reasons, and I think that's why we're seeing those moves. Okay. Um. Well, let's go out to the late games in the desert and talk about another game that moved. This was a game that we um we talked about. Uh, we broke this game down in uh, in May uh, or April uh, when Bitcoin was about four thousand uh, per Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> we talked to Uncle Nish uh, about his Lions uh, and about the Kyler Murray draft and uh, about the you know the uncertainty surrounding the Cardinals and about the fact that this game was a pick'em and we said this is a good one to throw a dart on the Lions right I mean like this is just going to drift towards them all throughout the offseason people might even talk themselves into Lions being good and you know like this is an easy obvious one to to grab Lions pick'em right and you know we all kind of had consensus on that. And so, uh, of course, Bitcoin is now almost tripled, uh, and I have a whole hell of a lot more on the lines than I ever intended in this game. I'm not putting this on my card, by the way, because I don't see any value in betting it now at the current number. Um, but uh, do you think that I ought to come back on this? This is the real question I need help with, because it hasn't crossed three yet. 
it looks like it might get two three if it gets two three do i remove some of my liability because like like literally like i said like i have way 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 more us dollars on this now than i ever intended um and i can set up a little bit of a middle here where the lions win by three or less and i'm square what do you think yeah i don't know i i don't <laughs> i don't love coming back on the other side i don't I, in this game, I mean, maybe in the other one where I actually lean towards the other side, I don't love coming back on a side you don't like. Sure, that's a good point. Sometimes you just take the CLV. I mean, it, it, and again, like I said, the math, the distribution probability. But what are the what are the distribution probabilities of like one and two landing there? Or you know, if you just want to take money line either way, I don't. You know, whatever you want to do, I just sometimes I feel like. You know, a middle is just too good to pass up, and other times I, I think you just got to take your win. So right now you know, I can't. Right now I can't. The bats or the win. This is this is hypothetical. This is entirely hypothetical on Cardinals getting to plus three, even you know, plus three uh, standard vig type of number. Um, and at that point, I ha- I can remove some of my liability and say, okay, maybe I capture eight percent of the time. You know, the Lions win by one or two. Um, 10% of the time they win by exactly three. And so, you know, I'm, I'm willing to live with the push and, you know, grabbing that, that eight or so percent of a win prop. Well, I mean, that that's the setup. But you, you're not, it sounds like you're out on the Cardinals. Well, yeah. And I think, yeah, let's move on to the game because this is such a weird, I don't, I don't know if this particular hypothetical is all that common for people. <laughs> Cause I am, I, I am, I am, I know, I'm just, <laughs> I know, you know, I, I bet there, I bet there are people that I know a lot of people who bet some games early, and boy, when yeah, when you do it with Bitcoin, you are kind of taking your life in your own hands because it can, yes, it can right. bounce the other way too. Or eh, maybe I don't have so much in this game, and and I guess my advice would be yes, lay some off because you have a lot more <laughs> in the game than you intended to. Sure, like sure. I would absolutely, but onto the actual handicap of the game, pass, hard pass. Like I don't know, man. Okay. Okay. I didn't. I didn't see much. I didn't see much from the offense, and there's two trains by, of thought on that. Design. Either by design. Either yeah. Well, yeah. No. I. Eh, I mean, people can say that, but that's just speculation. Everything about the preseason speculation. There's two trains of thought, and I will agree. I. I probably lean seventy thirty that it was by design, but there's still a good chance that this offense just isn't getting it yet. It's a complicated offense for a, a young guy to run against an NFL defense. I'm just not sold on it working immediately, especially with some turnover in the offense. Crabtree just, you know, the, yeah, Crabtree, right? Am I saying yeah. uh, the right name there? Uh, yeah, I think Crabtree brought in late. Yeah. Uh, Hakeem Butler injured. I mean, granted, you have the you have the veteran presence of Fitzy there, but still, it's a tricky offense with a lot of moving parts and a lot of decisions to be made by a very young guy right away in the season, I'm not sold on, like, oh, the Cardinals are going to be better this year. Yeah, and that was what we said immediately in the beginning of the podcast. Don't let your year-long ex, you know, expectations of a team shade how you're going to bet against the spread in week one. And I, I do think they have a chance to have an innovative offense that does pretty well. It, it could come around. It takes, you know, if these receivers – can get a nice rapport with him, with Kyler. It could be an offense that works. It it's based around, you know, 
not having the best receivers in the world, I guess, to say it nicely. In, in, you know, in college when it's used, the air raid, you don't need super high-level skill position players on the outside. You need okay receivers who get the system. So it, it could work. I'm just – I'm not rushing to back this, you know, gad, essentially it's a gadget offense. We haven't you know, really seen this sort of thing at the highest level here. So I'm, I'm not saying, like, I'm out – on Arizona completely, because, I mean, it's a home game. It's still Detroit has to travel, and I'm not really sold. I'm not in the camp that's like, oh, Detroit's a live dog for the division. Uh, I'm just I'm just not rushing to, to back Arizona in any way, shape, or form at this moment. Yeah, they got a bad give defense, it, give too. It, I mean, give me the Lions, see. The Lions are sure. And, and I know it was a top five pass defense last year in some metrics. But they lost Steve Wilkes, and you know he got shit canned because he was a bad head coach. Right. But he was a good defensive coach, and I think he was a great pickup. And pa- yeah, I Patrick. Patrick. Think suspended. you do, but yeah, to your point, I, I think yeah, Patrick Peterson's out. I do think you see some regression because they lose Steve Wilkes, and I think it'll be a slow start to the season. I'm not jacked yeah. about uh, Detroit at two and a half, but I like your position. Okay. I think that's, All right. If you got it early, I think I think yeah, that was that's where you wanted to. Okay. That's where you want to be. Like right now, it's a little sketchy. I'll watch it live. We'll be in Vegas. We'll be watching it live. I'll, I'll if if I got an opportunity to swing. No, live, you'll have a, you'll have a spot. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll have a spot. Okay. Um, moving down to uh, the Cincinnati game, where I took a position on the Bengals, and you don't like this. Um, this is kind of a very weak rationale here. Um, there's not a lot I like about the Bengals, but mm-hmm. at this, like this is where I am betting on, on the uncertainty, uh, and specifically on the the fact that there will be some surprises uh, with the Bengals' offense that can catch the Seattle defense, which I think is a a, a hair overrated. Um, I think that uh, that they're going to be live, they're going to be frisky in this game, and if you're giving me, you know, I'm, in this case, I only took eight and a half points. I I um, you know, I reduced my juice so that I'm looking at an eight and a half here instead of a 10 at minus 130. I think 10 and minus 130 is silly. Like they're, they're just, they're, they're just, uh, you know, asking for a premium there uh, for the old school sharps who just take the double digit dogs every single time. Um, but eight and a half, I think is fair. I think this is a touchdown field goal type of game here for the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks probably win this late. Um, but, and, and my angle is kind of entirely around, um, there's too many points here built in for home field advantage week one of the season when, you know, there's not a lot of wear and tear on this, these Cincinnati Bengals bodies. They haven't traveled very much in the preseason. They have had, you know, ample time to, you know, to get up for this game, to get, you know, to travel to, uh, to Seattle. So there are factors that are kind of in built into a home field advantage that don't exist week one in Seattle that do exist weeks two through 17. Uh, and, you know, in general, there could be a, an element here of motivational lapse on the part of the Seahawks as they look at themselves in their home opener as double digit favorites, expecting to get a comfortable, easy win, um, you know, could take the crowd out of it a little bit, especially if, you know, if, if the crowd, you know, if the Seahawks score early, you know, you could you could definitely see a situation where you know there's not as much uh, noise, there's not as much energy on the uh, part of the uh, the crowd that that impacts the, the performance of the offensive line and the, and the Cincinnati offense in general. So I think the uh, I think the Bengals are a little sneaky live here. I don't think they get a win, um, but I do think that this is kind of an ugly low scoring game where the Seahawks uh, you know eke one out with a late field goal. Okay, so you you don't like this position. In fact, you like. Uh, you like Seahawks as a teaser like this week? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's the other half of my teaser leg. I took them. They were at the they were at nine and a half when I took them to. So I made it the second half of that seven point teaser leg. Getting them under three at home against a team, probably a bottom five team, a bottom three team, possibly. That's if, uh, totally if fair. Things shake out the way that you know. It is totally fair. Like they, and it's not all completely. You know, just this is a bad team. It's it's a bad team that's also had bad luck. They lost yeah. a couple of linemen right away. They draft. They had a high draft pick. They used it properly. They took an offensive tackle. He got hurt. They yes. had another offensive lineman retire. AJ Green, dynamic playmaker, hurt. Like there, there's a lot of problems immediately. It sucks. Andy Dalton's just never going to be above a replacement level quarterback. And they have a all new coaching staff. It's super hard to take this team seriously going on the road. You know, to a tough place to play against a veteran coach with a veteran quarterback and seeing them win or keep it within three. It's a very sexy teaser leg, in my opinion. I'm super not afraid of the Bengals ruining this for me. Uh, I, I, every other division, it seems like there's the fourth team. Like, there's almost like maybe a consensus fourth team and probably six of the divisions. And there's a lot of people that will, you know, like, oh, Detroit might be good. Or, they, you know, there's Arizona. We just talked about both those teams. Arizona has a chance to sneak into the playoffs. There's not anybody really talking about the Bengals. Maybe that should scare me, but it just seems like a really tough spot for this team to be in this year. And it's a rebuild. It's a rebuild. I'm not uh, – I'm not keen on much about this team. Hopefully they get things figured out the next couple of years with some some higher draft picks with all the quarterbacks coming out. But for now, I'm not seeing a lot of positions to back the Bengals early in the season and gotcha. especially this one. So okay. teasing it with teasing it with Seattle. Okay. So uh I have I, your points are all very valid. I suspect I wonder a little bit though if if they weren't the clear bottom feeders in the AFC North, like if they were just in the mix in the AFC South, that we wouldn't be giving them a little bit you know the perception wouldn't be a little different on this team um i also that's fair i also think dalton is a bad quarterback when you have familiarity with what he's going to try to do um and we don't see that here like that i think matters a little bit and dalton could be a little frisky just because we're not exactly you know there's not a a clear and obvious understanding of how he's gonna you know how he's gonna look in this offense um final question for you and then we'll move on uh i have Clowney circled as a heightened injury risk here. I'm not expecting to see a full complement of snaps from him. I'm not expecting to see much of an impact, even though he's going up against a weak offensive line. Um, do you have a different expectation for for Clowney this week? No, that's super fair. Um, I think people under maybe undersell the fact that a defensive player still has to learn a playbook. Like, there's still different fronts, different looks. Maybe it's not as complicated as offense. I don't know. I'm not an I'm not a NFL coach, but it still takes some time to acclimate yourself to you know the players around you when you move to a different team. And sure he enough. still is always banged up his entire career. Always hurt. Yeah. He probably always yeah. will be. So maybe maybe we don't like you said we might not see a full compliment to him. Okay. All right. I'm um, sad he teased it even if he didn't get traded. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, okay, let's. Uh, I don't really have a ton on Chargers Colts here. Um, this has been a great podcast to this point and pretty long, so um, maybe we'll save some thoughts until we actually see what Jacoby Brissett looks like in this offense. Um, I'm sad. Uh, yeah, it's a super hard this one is, to have a take a, on. This is a bummer on all sides, really. Like, 
it sucks that the Chargers don't look as frisky as I thought they would look. It sucks that the Colts look like an also ran now. Like this is a bummer. Um, and you know, I think the line movement was at first in a huge overreaction. And if you got the, you know, if you got the Colts outside of touchdown, congratulations, you made a, bit, a good bet. I think if you got the Chargers before the luck news, congratulations, you made a good bet. Uh, I don't see a good bet to be made on this game at this point. Is that fair? Yep, the bummer bowl sucks. The bummer bowl, man. Yeah, man. Hopefully things turn around for one or both of these franchises. Well, sitting on a surfboard out there. Yeah, man, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, man, this is a bummer. Um, Giants, home. I mean, the Giants uh, head to Dallas. Dallas, newly minted um, franchise running back. Big yikes on that contract. Big yikes on the direction of the Cowboys as a franchise, uh, giving him that much money. I have no idea how you keep the band together at this point. You've given a lot of money to some guys in Smith, Collins, and now Zeke that I'm assuming you have enough room to get Dak locked up long-term. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe that's a you, – you effectively – I mean, you have kind of a, a nightmare scenario here for the Cowboys with a lame duck coach and a lame duck quarterback, pretty much. Um, this is problematic. Uh, aside from all that, you're facing a team in the Giants that's being widely overlooked. People are expecting them to be a bottom feeder. Um, but this was a 7-9 Tampa team last year. You know, They have enough pieces, presumably around Manning, that people are expecting them to get six or so wins this year. Um, I kind of like a lot of what I saw out of their second unit guys in the preseason, which is one of the, you know, I like their depth a little bit. They actually have, you know, some frisky, frisky uh, players. I like, um, I like Pat Shermer. He looks like a guy that can develop some, some talent on offensive side of the ball, especially. And I think the giants are going to be pretty, uh, pretty frisky in this game. Um, anytime I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that does, um, tend to look for opportunities to back, um, teams that have, uh, you know, teams in division that are, you know, plus, you know, plus six, plus seven. And in this case, I got plus seven and a half and minus one ten. Um, this is a game that I feel like is going to be tighter than that. I don't think this is a blowout. I think the Cowboys might even be a little bit on upset alert here. Uh, how do you break this one down? Him, right? I would never come out and say that I hope Eli Manning gets hurt. So I won't say it. I'm not going to. <laughs> Do not say it. <laughs> I won't don't, say it. Don't say it. Do not you're, say Eli Manning. Yeah, would, do not say the Giants would be better off if Eli Manning gets hurt. Do not say it. <laughs> yeah. They have some similarities here. Maybe underperforming quarterbacks. Uh, overpaid and then soon, you know, in a couple of years to be overpaid running backs, maybe not the greatest. Uh, I don't mind slot receivers, I guess, but uh, yeah, a few, a few spots that uh, leave a little bit to desire that probably make both these teams. Well, obviously people are pretty down on, on the giants are projected to be about a six win team, but a lot of people, including ourselves are calling for some, some Cowboys regression from last year's season. And I think it's perfectly fair considering the Pythag, considering the the point differential that they did have, and considering the fact that, yeah, like, if you are Dak Prescott, like, what's going through your head? Like, yeah. I don't want to get deep into the psychology of anything, but <laughs> they can't pay everybody. Like, there, there's other GMs that have shown you can live in cap hell, like, for forever, and you can maneuver around it, but you can't do it when you pay a running back that much. 
Like that's just that's just not going to work out in the long run. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I don't know. And maybe we'll never know. We'll probably never know how it affects Dak's mental state. But uh, he's I, getting- I think he's got to get. The, he's got, like you said, lame duck. He's got to be getting the feeling that uh, he might not be there all that long. So that'll be interesting. I'm staying away from this game because yeah, normally I'd love to back the Giants here, but boy. Traveling down there, the line feels a little big, but I, I'm kind of out on the Giants' offense outside of Barkley right now. I mean, how do they how do they win this game in in a dumb way where Barkley breaks two or three long runs? Like that's how this game goes. If if they do end up keeping it closer, getting an upset alert, how do you you know how do you put money on that? How do you back that kind of team? Just game script wise, it feels like kind of an ugly, boring game where Dallas wins by. Somewhere in the four to seven range. Yeah. So hard stay away. I probably won't even watch this one. Amazing that uh, amazing that the Cowboys aren't going to be able to get out of the Zeke deal until 2023. Amazing that he just signed a hundred million dollar contract and the the biggest contract ever for a running back. And oh by the way, Dak Prescott, here's your two million dollars. Go lead this team. That's a problem. I, I gotta tell you, man. None of that spells. None of this spells good. You have a coach that that is a, is a lame duck and a quarterback that's a lame duck. This is horrible. Um, anyway, uh, that aside, I do. I am. I'm a little interested to see the Kellen Moore era. Like well, okay, here, here, that you great again, segue. Like that, great segue. I I like the Giants in the points here in a lot. In a lot, even though they are going up against a pretty weak defense in the Giants, I don't like the Giants' defense all that much. I think they are going to be scored on this year, but I don't think that this team is going to score on them. And a lot of the reason is I doubt that we see a smooth functioning offense the way that these you know the way that each each, each of these pieces has been working together this off season, kind of on their own. Amari Cooper not healthy. Uh, Dak Prescott, you know, is is going to have some interesting times figuring out who's where and who's you know whose role is what, and you know all all of this is is going to play itself out over time. I don't think you're going to see a fresh you know a fresh dynamic offense on the fly here week one. This is going to be a tough one for them, and I think this is they're going to this is going to be a tough gritty win. Um, I wouldn't use the Cowboys in a uh, survivor pool. I wouldn't expect to, I wouldn't tease them from seven and a half to one and a half. Uh, this is a this is a good one to just stay away from the Cowboys entirely and let them figure their shit out and uh, and give me some Giants points here and, and be competitive, guys. So uh, go Big Blue. Giants money. Uh, Giants money. Wow. Ooh, that's nice. That's a big number, man. Speaking of potential upsets, upset is in the air in the nightcap here. In fact, there has been a lot of movement on this game. Um, people basically into the Steelers, and into some under. Um, I get both. I feel like uh, if you are, you know, if, if you, if, you know, I, I agree with them. I think the Steelers and the under are the right, correct sides in this. Um, and I think if you wait until Sunday night, you may get even better number than is currently available on both of those two things. Do you think I'm right about the market movement in this? Yeah, it's been interesting because if if I hadn't seen the market movement, and I will admit this even went through my head, like you always say this, this is your, it's not your shtick, you know, per se, but you're like, oh man, they're on upset alert this week, <laughs> you always do that, but yeah, the the market, the market does not lie, not all that often, so uh, I guess this is another one where I, I get it, I'm not sure I'm getting involved, but 
this is this is gonna be great. Like I'm excited. Um, Periscope time for this one too. Right? Yeah. It's night. Yes. Sunday night. Sunday night football. Yeah. Sunday Patriots, night. Patriots Sunday raise night the banner. Per- Periscope Patriots from the desert. Yep. That's right. Patriots raise the banner and immediately get throttled by the Steelers. I cannot wait for this one. Look, I'm I'm actually behind that. This there might be uh oh god, a few guys do these and they they have cute nicknames for them and I can never think of them. Like the stink stink town is that Locky? <laughs> yes, stink you know, stink yes, town yes, yes, and yes. the ugly the oh the, the one guy Osborne has a good one too. The gross like ishy parlor. I can't think of the names. They're fun, but boy, like there might be a dog parlor that's worth throwing together for twenty. Bucks first week. I, I'm gonna bet most of my stuff offshore just because that's how I live my life. But I do want to get some paper tickets, so maybe I'll have to go up to the counter and place a just a super gross three team dog parlay. And I think I think it'll have oh, to dude, definitely you be you and me both, man. It'll be Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh will be my last slot. I'm yeah. not scared of that at all. I have Juju. I drafted Juju in every fantasy league I have. I think so. I'm high on him. I think the offense can. You know, like we talked about the preview, <sighs> maybe some addition by subtraction. Big Ben, doesn't matter how old he is, he's still going to throw for 4,500 yards. They've got nice pieces all around. Obviously, they've got the offensive minds to use replacement-level players and turn them into James Conner. And, the you know, the Patriots with their slow start, their annual six-week preseason. I definitely think we see a close game. I respect the line movement. I think people that got the bigger number with Pittsburgh and the points are smart. I don't jump on things early enough because I'm lazy. I'm doing other stuff in the summer. Pool's closed now. Kids are back in school. Now we're focused. So I'm kind of sad I missed this one, actually, but I think we have a live dog here. Yeah, yeah. And if Are you, you taking anything Patriots, on it? Yeah, I'm on the Steelers. I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm on Pittsburgh plus six minus 110. Um, and I will definitely be tickling the money line in a parlay sense uh, when it comes time to to be placing wagers at the counter. Um, I'm not sure how good this offensive line is going to look for New England. They have moved a number of pieces. They have been desperately trying to trade for um, you know for in big big important pieces um they've lost their center who had amazing chemistry with brady um all all of this is a red flag all of this tells me that there's going to be some serious pressure on brady i think tj watt's going to have a big game i like the front seven for the steelers a heck of a lot um you're going to see a ton a ton of people are going to be talking up uh what's the devin bush uh um kid from michigan who's looked absolutely out of this oh, world in preseason like, speedy there, yeah, there's there's gonna he's not great in coverage but that's okay because he doesn't have to cover a tight end anyway because it turns out gronk is retired um for now uh and yeah i think that if the patriots are going to get this done they're going to be they're going to have to get it done defensively um which opens the door for a tight low scoring game um, this thing feels like it ends up in the high 40s. I doubt it cracks 50. I feel like three points is probably where this lands either way. Uh, and if you're going to give me six on two teams that I think are reasonably closely matched, I mean, like, like I just don't see that much separation from a power number standpoint between Pittsburgh and New England that it's worth an extra three points on top of home field advantage for this team. And 
you know, this is there's not really any urgency here for the Patriots to get this win, to get off to a good start, to get off on the right foot. Like they have one of the easiest schedules that has ever been assembled um, for any NFL, NFL team, let alone the reigning champion. Um, and yeah, it's, if if this is not going well, then I could entirely see a world where this they get experimental, uh, even in this game, and you know they try to mix things up. And um, you know it's it's not that far back in you know recent memory where the Patriots hosted the Chiefs on banner raising night and got absolutely smoked. They were awful in that game. They were ugly. They were sloppy. Uh, and you know, this could devolve in a similar way if Pittsburgh is sharp and by every indication from what we've seen from them in the preseason, they are sharp. Um, and the pressure is on, but Pittsburgh's got to do well. They've got to get off to a hot start. The motivation has got to be high, um, potential for some nice addition by subtraction, moving off of Antonio Brown, uh, as has been demonstrated by his conduct throughout the preseason here. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's <laughs> super it's relevant. A roster. Today. It's a good damn roster. Uh, and, you know, they have issues in the secondary, but if they're, you know, the, you know if, the, if they're getting pressure on Brady, if they are forcing Brady to get the ball out of his hands in a nanosecond, which is the way that I see this setting up, then I don't think that they can truly exploit uh, the weaknesses of the secondary of the Steelers. I think the Steelers defense is going to keep these guys in check. Uh, and I think this game ends in, you know, in the twenties and whoever kicks the last field goal wins. So good luck to the Steelers. I hope they get off to a good start and I hope they beat the Patriots, even though I'm a Patriots fan and I think they are the class of the AFC. I just don't think we're going to see a week one. Sound reasonable. Yep. That should be on our banner. Your long expectations need not apply week to week. Yeah. I like that a lot. This is good. This is it sucks. It sucks trying to come up with stuff week one because we really haven't seen these teams play for real. Like and you can just I'm thinking back on all my takes. Everything is based on a lot of it is based on year long perception or just roster construction coaching. It's tough. That is why I only have a couple of bets. Take it easy. I mean, and if you if you have to get some action down all over the place, take it light. Quarter units, little bets. Don't go nuts. Don't go ruining your NFL season's bankroll right off the bat. Uh, we didn't touch on the Monday night games. If you remember, if you listened at all last year, we do a Sunday night podcast as the lines are coming out, kind of during the late games, after the late games roughly. We will go over that, and we, we touch on the Monday night, and in this case, two Monday night games during that before we do our Sunday night periscope. So look for that podcast every week too. And then, uh, yeah, watch, uh, watch the periscopes. We'll be giving out some fun halftime nuggets. I don't know where I'll be tomorrow, but Sunday from 110 degree Las Vegas. Jesus. Yes. It's a lot hotter there than here. It is going to be quite hot there. From the pool. <laughs> oh, I can't so, wait, man. Well, it was, right. it was good. Yep. This was so fun. All right, I'm see so you glad to be back man. in the season. Yeah, yeah, best luck to everybody. Thanks for listening. Yep, that's right. And uh, if you do choose to bet Thursday Night Football, um, make it small. <laughs> Don't ruin your season before it starts. I liked all your advice there. That was great. Um, okay, let's let's wrap this baby up. Good job uh, putting a bow on this one. Uh, best luck this season, everybody. And uh, you know, this is uh, this is what this is this is um, what we've been waiting for for feels like months. Uh, and um, you know, I think I think we did a nice job here. So, best of luck.